Welcome to the Howie Silviger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And good Sunday evening. Welcome to the Howie Silviger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger, and I'll be with you for the uh, duration of the show. Since this is the Howie Silberger Show, I suppose I should stick around for the entire show. Um, maybe, maybe, if you're really good, I'll, I'll stick around for the next show, too. Maybe, if you're really good. But if you're not so good, maybe I'll just stick around for this show. But either way, it is the Howie Silberger Show, and this is the True Talk Radio Network. I am so happy and pleased to be here with you. And I am, I am looking forward to having a conversation with you about topics that we want to talk about, that you want to talk about, that I want to talk about, that, uh, that, that, that will interest you and that will make you as excited to be here as I am. Now, another guy who's going to be here who's maybe not, so, not, not as excited as I am. You know, sometimes people are a little less excited than other people. Another guy that, uh, that's going to be here is Mr. Sheldon Eric Freed. He is, uh, he is the producer of the show, and uh, he will be joining me in just a minute. I don't know how excited he is about doing this, but uh, I'm excited that he's going to be here. Uh, numbers to call if you want to get in on the conversation, one 669 1292 It's one 669 1292 You can support independent radio in Montreal by going to the GoFundMe uh, page and, um, and uh, donating. We're trying to start a radio station. We could use your help. If you want to help... Go to GoFundMe and, uh, and and donate to the fund for support independent radio in Montreal. The link is readily available. If you can't find it, you can always get it. Uh, just ask me. I'll give it to you. one 669 Sheldon Eric Freed is here. Hello, Mr. Freed. How are you today, sir? I am so excited, and I just can't hide it, Howie. Oh, are you about to lose control, and you, you think you like it? Exactly, exactly. That's how excited I am. I'm wow. just as excited as you, as doing the show, as you, the host of the Howie Silberger Show, to be doing the Howie Silberger Show. That might so how be, do you like that? That might be one of the songs that Sheldon plays on his show. You know that. Uh, it's very, well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm so excited. No, no, no. That's a little bit outside my format. I mean, uh, Gloria, what was that? Those the Pointer Sisters, right? That's the pointer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bonnie Pointer and the Pointer Sisters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I do not. I won't play that song on, on the show. But I have so many different rock favorites from the Beatles, Rolling Stones, Zeppelin, The Doors, Pink Floyd, Genesis, you name it. Well, and uh, plus, Sheldon, I have a bunch of oldies too. As well. Sheldon is a little anti-disco, so I mean, yeah, we'll um, we'll, we'll forgive him for that. <laughs> Actually, I I used to play. I used to have a show called Studio S. Yeah, and I used to play the very best of uh, the long disco tracks from the seventies and eighties, and sometimes even the nineties. So it was like the long, you know, stuff like Casey and the Sunshine Band, uh, Gloria Estaban, uh, Yes, the Pointer Sisters, um, Donna Summer, like that kind of stuff. I used to play as well. Right. So that used to be a show called Studio S back in the day. So you could you could tune into Sheldon's music show. It is, uh, it is heard live on Mondays, and then it's repeated all week at 7 p.m. right here on True Talk Radio. So feel free to, to join Sheldon at 7 p.m. for, uh, for Sheldon's uh, favorite musical hits. We'll call it Sheldon's Musical Bonanza. That's what we'll call it. Sheldon's mm. Musical Bonanza. That's what you could join us for uh, at 7 p.m. every day right here on True Talk Radio, the only place to be. Sheldon's music. Def- definitely. So that's why we're so excited to be on True Talk Radio because it, it is, is the only place the to only be. Place to be. Right. Exactly. So Sheldon's musical Bonanza. I think we should name the show that, Sheldon. I think we should. Uh, name no, the show. no, no. I like Inside the Vault, actually. It really? Was, uh, yeah. It was uh, something I was doing on the, on the U.S. radio station when I first launched it, and it was going back quite a long time ago. And uh, then from that, I went to another, I went to a couple places in Canada and finally came over to you. And now I'm enjoying it. And now I'm feeling like I'm back home again. And so it's, uh, 
He doesn't like the name Sheldon's Musical Bonanza. So no, no, no. Inside the vault, and uh, you'll see it on the website and everything like that. It'll have my whole bio, how I got into this crazy business, crazy industry that uh, has really evolved so much since you and I started. Like, it's incredible. Sheldon's life at the movies. The future, but the future is, though, yeah. definitely what we're doing. That, that's definitely the future now. I, I hope so. Because I'm investing a lot into this. So I'm really hoping that this is the future. I really hope that people out there will really consider and be between donating uh, money as well as donating their time. Uh, because we there is, there is definitely a place for really solid, excellent radio. Not only in Montreal, but all over the world. Because we beam to all over the world. And it's true. We do. This is, some, this is something that's always been very at the forefront before even commercial radio decided very late in life to start broadcasting also streaming their broadcast over the internet but we've done that for many many years you're one of the oldest ones in in north america and you've been on the cutting edge since this whole thing transpired and this is something that all other commercial or terrestrial radio stations never did so this is the time for well, people they, to they, really get their foot now. in. They do it now, but they were hes- they hesitated for a long. Oh time. yeah, but they they were so far behind. Yeah. And now with the newer uh, cars that are coming out, the high end cars, you can now get, let's say, True Talk Radio and a bunch of other stations online directly into your stereo in your car. Amazing. And as long as you've got the internet, you can go anywhere in the world and pick us up. And that's one thing. We were so far ahead of the other commercial um, radio stations. So if you want to get on the ground floor up, anybody that's interested, please go to your GoFundMe page on Facebook and definitely really take a look of what this all has to offer. Not only that, and I'm really, uh, I really want to promote the heck out of True Talk Radio because that's my mission also anyway. We have an app that we've had for many, many years, now available on both Android and the Google Play Store. Oh, uh, sorry, the Google Play Store and the, and the uh, App Store, free of charge, and you can bring us along anywhere you want to go. And a lot of radio stations don't have that. We do. Sheldon, do you ever, so, do you ever listen to the True Talk Radio app? Like on- yeah, I listen to it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I, yeah, I do. I've, I've listened to... Uh, repeats of the stuff file and i've uh, and it sounds very good it sounds i have it uh bluetooth on my uh, stereo and i listen to it and it sounds perfect it can the quality is absolutely excellent well we, we broadcast in high definition um in high definition audio so 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 yep so um, well, this is really the cutting edge of radio and technology and the beauty part of it is you can broadcast anywhere all over the world like this is fantastic so we uh, we try to be as um, as innovative as possible, um, but it costs a lot of money to do this, and uh, that's why we ask you to help us. Uh, that's why I ask you to donate. And plus, we're trying to start something now that is a little different than what, what what's been around till now. What we are trying to do is we are trying to give radio people the chance to be on the radio and to focus on radio, not focus on. Uh, not focus on what the corporate overlords want. Not yeah. to focus on the bottom line. Not to worry that after the first quarter, they're going to be cut or your job is gone. This is what our goal is. So we ask for you to support you, us. That's all. If you really take a look at the scope of, of commercial media and corporate media, the media landscape in Canada has really seriously eroded. Uh, there used to be so many different companies across the country. Oh, it's owned by one company and- now. And uh, now, basically, it's, it's uh, Bell that really mon- is monopolizing the entire country. And unfortunately, in them doing that, uh, they laid off a lot of people. And um, it, it, it's, it's just too bad that they sacrificed quality for the bottom line. Because there was CJD back in the day, when you and I were growing up, was really a, a station, and that and the old CSCF radio here in Montreal were two very high-quality, very highly competitive radio stations that really invested a lot in their news and their local programming. And it's just too bad now that since CFCF has not been around anymore, and yes, there was talk 
years ago about TTP Media, but that does not look like that's going to happen. And really, CJD is the only corporate game in town. So now we're not competing with CJD, and uh, we never we, – I just want to reiterate to our listeners – if anybody's going to ask us, are we going to compete with CJD? The answer is a predominantly big no. Uh, we want we want to showcase because this platform will showcase a lot of different genres, a lot of different topics, whether or not you're right wing, left wing, center, doesn't make a difference. It's a smorgasbord of good quality radio, and that's, that's what why we're, that's what we're aiming for. Definitely. Yeah, and and if we could do that and really step up our step up our scope, I think we could have a lot to offer people that want to get into this industry. Even if you don't have experience, but you have the desire and passion to succeed, that's what it's all about. You know, let me ask you, let me, let me throw this out to the audience. Um, what kind of programming would you love to hear on True Talk Radio? Now, currently we're playing a lot of syndicated programming from the States. We have a couple of local shows. We're planning to add a few more local shows in the near future. We're working on them. Uh, they should be in by the end of March, beginning of April. We should have at least Dino's show on the air and uh, maybe another one. Uh, what would you like to hear? You could, you could let us know. You could call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two, Or you could email me, Howie, at truetalkradio.com. And you could just let me know what you want to hear. Uh, what, kind of, what kind of radio would you like to hear? What, what kind of content would you like? You know, nobody ever asks the audience. That's, that's the thing, right? They ask a uh, radio they always ask a radio, um, what do they call them, consultants, radio consultants, what, what does the public want to hear? But nobody ever asked the public. They never open their lines and say, okay, what would you like to hear? So we're giving you the opportunity to tell us what you want to hear on the radio, and we will try to focus our energy and our effort in creating radio that's listener-friendly and, and operator-friendly um, based on the recommendations of both the radio professionals, the the hosts of the show that are going to come and join us, and, of course, your wants and needs. We don't want to produce radio that you don't want to hear. That, that, that would be a ridiculous waste of time, right? We only want to produce radio that you want to hear. So let me know what you want to hear. Um, I'm going to put my email address up on the screen, so you could let me know what you want to hear. Uh, you can find my email address, by the way, Email address, by the way, on truetalkradio.com. But I'll put it up on the screen here, too, as we talk during the show here. Uh, I, will, I will add it to the screen so that um, you, can, you can email me and you can tell me what you want to hear. Uh, moving on, uh, Sheldon, you know, we have another, um, another vaccine that's been, that's been approved. Well, it's been great because both Canada and the United States approved uh, uh, big, big, big companies. Canada approved the AstraZeneca vaccine. And the United States approved Johnson & Johnson. Uh, I believe what I'm hearing from Johnson & Johnson would only be one shot. The other ones in Canada are still two shots. Yeah. And um, the more vaccines that come into the country, and we talked about this last week, of uh, that we are so far behind countries, including Israel, and Israel is like a quarter of the size, of the size of our population, so what I'm, what I'm, you know, what I'm looking at is the more vaccines that are being approved, yeah. then the more will come in and more people will be vaccinated. And that's, that's essentially what, what the government wants and the more people that will get vaccine. Because at the end of the day, and you and I have talked about it, we would really like for our lives to get back to normal, for us to get back to work, for us to be able to go to a party, go to a movie, go out to a restaurant, get together with family and friends, get together for the holidays with family and friends. I mean, it. you know, again, unfortunately, it looks like uh, Passover again is going to be like a virtual thing that I will not be able to see my family. And it's, uh, I know it's very hard for my mother and very hard for, for all of us concerned. And I, I'm not, and I think that the more people that will get vaccinated, and that doesn't mean right away as soon as you get vaccinated, you can go out w without wearing a mask, without doing social distancing. Why not? There's still a lot of, well, there's still a lot of people, too, at the same time. Because the thing is, too, uh, what I'm mostly you're, worried you're, about. Once you're, you're vaccinated, I mean, aren't you, aren't you, shouldn't you be immune? I mean, isn't that the idea of the vaccine? Well, well first of all, the first, va first vaccine, by what I'm hearing, uh, is it takes usually two weeks for it to get the full effect. Okay, so after two weeks, could you, you shouldn't you be able to just go about and you know, bring life back to normal? I mean, shouldn't that be... 
Well, the, I, I guess the for the people who, who've gotten the vaccine, but there's still a lot of people that haven't got the vaccine but because, again, the, so, the government have, was always talking about herd immunity. But, you have, was, but if you have the vaccine, yeah, then yeah. why do you have to wear a mask and why would you have to... So yeah, but again, it's not like you're carrying around a certificate. So what happens, like, let's say if you got stopped, like, let's say, for example, if I got the vaccine or you got the vaccine, yeah, how do, how do people know you got the vaccine? And even if you said you got the vaccine, did you get the vaccine? Like, is yeah, I be, because what, we, what should, I, we should have a vaccine, um, you should have a vaccine passport like they do. In well, that's what they're uh, exactly because that's there's there's countries that are talking about that now. It's, it's almost doing it now. I'm sorry? There are countries that are doing it now. Yeah, exactly. There are countries that you have to produce in order for you to, to be able to fly into that country or travel into that country. You have to be able to produce that. And uh, But still, there's still a lot of... Uh, there's still a long way to go. But we just hope that the more vaccines that are coming in and hopefully more people will be opted to get the vaccine, uh, uh, you know, that our lives will start to get back to normal. I mean, uh, there have been cases in locally that have gone down. They're, they went up a little bit today, but nothing major. Right. And hopefully this will keep going down. Now, I, I uh, you know, we would both like um, that the, the curfew would be eliminated and we would both like to actually have a life and be able to get out and do something. I want that as badly as you do. I would love things to get back to normal as badly as you do. Um, but there's, uh, you know, the government, I guess, just does not, both in the United States and Canada, because the United States are in a very similar situation, the only big difference is the fact that the United States are inoculating its population much faster, but they got the wherewithal of the facilities to be able to do it. They have the facilities at home that can manufacture and distribute and distributed across the United States of America, where unfortunately Canada doesn't, and Canada has to rely on other countries uh, to ship ship the vaccines here, and then we process it, and then after that, distribute them. So that's the biggest difference between Canada and the United States. And so the United States would uh, distribute a million and a half vaccines a day. Well, that's it. Where but we the can't thing distribute is, distribute a million and a half vaccines in three months or five months. Exactly, and the big difference is once you have the platform to be able to manufacture and distribute it, it'll go much faster because you don't have to worry about the extra shipping because at least it will be domestic. It'll be domestic, and it's uh, and, and it, the vaccines will get into people's arms faster. And this again, uh, I've always stated this is the fact that Canada, we've done it for going back so many years ago. We always were dependent, for the most part, in other countries, especially the United States. This is a situation whereby it's every man for himself, every country for themselves, because they want to get their citizens inoculated first. And I get that. I don't blame them. I, That's the I don't blame them either. The country's, the country's main goal should be to inoculate their own citizens. Exactly. Canada and, and doesn't that... put Canadians, Canadian government didn't put Canadians before anyone else. And that's yeah, the and, and the thing is, we have to be... Failure. We have to start manufacturing. We have the wherewithal to do it. We have to have that mindset to be able to do it because this could very well happen again. And I hope I would be dead wrong uh, to say that we will never get something like this again. Well, we you, have can't, a, you can't say that. There's, there's no way you could say that. No, but I'm saying we, uh, we would like to all think that We'll never go through something like this again. If God true. forbid we do, but that's not true. Yeah, we will. But go if, through something if like this again, no yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking too. But at the same time, we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. This has taught everyone such a lesson, especially for the countries like Canada that has to rely on other countries to be able to to get their vaccines into our arms. And that's what we have to really focus on. We have to focus on, after all this is said and done, and God willing, COVID-19 COVID, COVID, uh, COVID -19 will be completely eliminated, and most people will be able to, to be able to function normally again. Canada at that time has to be prepared and has to be proactive to ensure that there are manufacturers and distribution properties to be able to, if this happens again, God forbid, 
we could manufacture as quickly as it gets researched and approved and then distribute it as quick as possible. We cannot rely on other countries. We can't. Because if we get any kind of uh, quotas or anything like that, we're going to be in big problem. We're going to be in big trouble. What kind of quotas could you possibly get if you're producing the uh, you're manufacturing? No, no, I'm saying if we're producing, yes, but if we're relying on other countries, they'll set the quotas. And again, well, then, like well, you said, we're, you living through, we're living through that right now. Exactly. But the thing is, we don't want to live through this again. And that's why it's very important that we set up, we manufacture and we distribute, we, we distribute it across domestically across the country. Right. That's what we have to do. If we don't, we're in, we're in deep doo-doo because that's exactly what's going to happen. That uh, maybe the European community might say, well, what about us first? And that's, and, again, and rightful, that's something we Rightfully so. Yeah. And so, that, so we have to now put Canada first, Canadians first, that no matter which government is going to be in power, they must focus on that. They must focus, they must focus on the infrastructure, the distribution, the knowledge, the plans, and everything to be able to be self-sufficient in the in, to be able to produce, manufacture, and distribute the vaccines across the country. Do you think that the current Canadian government is capable of doing that, children? Well, no, because it's showing us that they're not doing it. Uh, that really, if there has been uh, people setting up, uh, I know there was one thing at the beginning that there was supposed to be a manufacturer ready to uh, to manufacture and distribute. But we're talking at the end of the year. We're talking even the government was saying that hopefully all the citizens will be fully vaccinated by the fall. Now, if this manufacturer is talking about the end of the year, that's past that. Right. So, um, so the thing is, to answer your question, no, the government is not ready for this because no government has been ready to the point that this happened and we were caught absolutely flat-footed. I mean, we all know that research for a vaccine takes its time to be able to be researched and then to and then for the data to be distributed for Health Canada to approve the distribution and the manufacturing of the vaccines. That takes time. But again, not only do we have to wait for that, but we also have to wait for other countries to export it to us. And no, we're not ready for this. And well, would other governments be ready? I don't know. I mean, maybe the Conservatives NDP might be ready. Maybe they won't. I don't know, because we didn't have it when we had the conservative government. We didn't have the COVID problem. And obviously, we don't have an NDP government. We're not going to have an NDP government. So again, would we be ready? It's very hard to tell. But right now, I mean, this is a very difficult government that's going through a situation, and they were really caught flat-footed. And this has to, they have to open up their minds, and they have to say, we have to prepare in case the next wave hits us. Do you think that the government's failure is enough to bring the government down? Well, I think probably the thing is that at the same time, I don't think that the um, they want to do an election right now because, again, people are still scared to go out and unless there's absolutely a secure point that we could vote online, like it's extremely secure and there would be... Uh, you know, it would be really secure and we'd be able to vote like that. But right now, it's not the case for right now for what I could understand about it um, to now go to the polls, physically go to the polls and do an election. Because I think a lot of people, despite they they're, they're, uh, they don't like Trudeau, because the Trudeau's honeymoon has been over for now months um, when he first got in, because he was going on the coattails that his uh, late father, May, uh, Pierre, uh, was uh, was the Prime Minister of Canada, and he was going on the coattails. Now the honeymoon is over. What's going to happen now is there, because the Conservatives could have easily voted down, voted down, uh, and they, they have tried to vote down the Liberals, but the NDP and the Bloc Québécois and the other parties have propped them up right now. But I think also at the same time, if the Conservatives go for an election right now until the vaccines are further distributed and most people are in herd immunity, 
I think that could backfire on the Conservatives. And again, that's just my opinion. Like maybe Dino might have a a better a better opinion on this than I would, and be more knowledgeable no, in this than I here. would. He's not here, and I asked you that question. Yeah, but I'm just but I'm just saying, like based on for what I could think, I don't think people want to go to the polls as badly as they may not like this government. I don't think right now people are in the mood of wanting to go into an election. So right now, until more people get vaccinated and things get more back to normal, I don't think there's going to be an I don't think there's going to be an election right now. Again, that's my opinion. All right. Uh, what I, do you think? I think that um, I think that Canadians are substantially pissed off. I, oh, I there, there's no question. I think they've there's gotten no... to the point where they're fed up with the Liberal government. Yeah, there's no question, Howie, that they're fed up. There, think, there's absolutely no question. I think question. that if um, if an election is called and they uh, they do what the states did and allow the mail-in ballots as well as the in-person balloting, I think we could have an election. Look, but again, had an election how, in the how states. come this wasn't even... We didn't even hear anything about any kind of secure balloting here. No. Like, and why? Again, why... Why not? Because had we done that, we probably would have gone to the polls because to, uh, to agree with you, yes, people are very upset with the government. There's no question about it. You're a thousand percent right. There's people are fed up with this government for what, you know, and, and they have a right to be uh, fully fed up with the government. But again, have you heard anything domestically in this country that there's any, any news on any secure balloting? No. No, we haven't heard anything there to should speak be, of. There should be talk about that, but the liberals yes, don't, want to, liberals don't yeah. want to talk about it because they don't want to bring up the idea that there will be an election during the pandemic. You know, they're, they're trying to use COVID to scare people into keeping them in power. Yeah, but again, eventually COVID is going to be finished, and again... Yeah, but it's going to be finished, let's say, in a year from now. So the liberals are going to the elections in what, in two years from now? A year and a half from now? I mean, you know, we're, we're almost there, right? So, yeah. so if they could ride out the rest of it, riding on the COVID fear, and riding riding the wave of COVID fear, so people will be afraid to go to the to the polling station, uh, they could ride out the rest of their term like that. They know they're not going to win the next term, but at least they could ride out the rest of this minority term, uh, riding the COVID fear. I mean, it was the question. The question is too, and I guess uh, if Dino was here, I, I would ask him. That even though the Canadians, for the most part, or most Canadians are really not happy with the Liberal government, would it be enough for the Conservative government to get a minority or majority? Is O'Toole strong enough and aggressive enough for him to to really go after Trudeau and uh, if, and put himself into power? Look, now, if it was Harper, I would say yes, because Harper was a very strong, prolific politician. And as it was very smart and had a tremendous team, will O'Toole have enough? My uh, my it? personal opinion about O'Toole, I don't know anything about him. He has a very low profile. He doesn't have a high profile. Yeah. He has a very, very low profile. And it's very hard for me to, uh, to, to even comment on him because I don't know enough about him. I haven't seen him enough to know enough about him. He hasn't done anything. So the thing is, because he has a low profile, that could backfire on him because he needs to step up his game and have a higher profile and really if if he wants to have any chance at all for a conservative uh government to come into power he has to up his game he has to up his profile definitely um and, and he has to do yeah. something that's productive and beneficial to canadians exactly i, I haven't and seen anything anything at all done yeah. that's beneficial or productive to Canadians at all. Exactly. And uh, here's another thing. Yeah. Are the Conservatives ready for an election? If Trudeau were to call an election today, would the Conservatives be ready for an election? I think the Conservatives would be ready. I'm not so sure about the NDP, but I think the Conservatives would be ready. Oh, the NDP is in bad shape financially. The well, NDP, the thing. Yeah, the NDP does not want to go to an election. This was a lot of. This was another big reason why they propped it up the Liberals when it came to non-confidence voting for that very reason, because the NDP just cannot afford to go for another election. They're so practically they're gonna broke. Keep, they're going to keep blocking no-confidence votes until yeah. they can afford it. Exactly. So that's so that's another key. Now, the Bloc Québécois, 
Um, that's I mean, anybody's guess. I don't know what they're like financially. And again, I have no... Are they ever relevant in Canadian politics at all? Well, that's what I've always said. Why they're in Canadian politics is beyond. Is beyond. So what is it? And the Green Party only has, what, a couple of seats, two or three seats maybe? Because I, I never really understood the Bloc Québécois, that whole concept. I asked yeah. um, Lucien Bouchard this question once. Uh, why did you found the Bloc Québécois? I don't understand the concept behind it. Um, and he said it was just a, it was just, uh, it was a temporary, what he asked me, he said it was a temporary, a, a temporary measure against the conservative government at the time. It wasn't meant to be a long-term party. Yeah. He says, because the, the idea of the party is contrary to Canadian, to Canadian existence, period. He says, so how could you have a party that's calling for the destruction of Canada and the separation yeah. of Quebec as a member of parliament in Canada, it doesn't even make sense. It's, it's, it's well, I'm also hoping that the next election, they will be crushed in, into oblivion. They came very close. They only had, before this last election, that they got a few more seats. They were almost like, they were almost extinct already. They are extinct. So they hoping, should have been extinct uh, day one. They should never have Exactly. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen again and they'll lose their party status and, uh, and that'll be the end of that. So it's basically a yo-yo effect between the liberals and conservatives because it's been like that for many, many years. The only time the MVP came in for uh, leader of the opposition was when the late Jack Layton was alive. Yeah. But ever since then, because Layton was a very charismatic and very high-profile person. So this, would, this is what O'Toole would have to do in order for him to really up his game and for the conservatives, if they, you know, the conservatives to really mount a very good, solid campaign in order for them to be elected. I think that whoever is going to be elected in the next election, I don't think is going to have a majority government. I think it's going to be a minority government. So it's going to be a swing because people are fed up with Trudeau. And like you said, and I agree that O'Toole does not have a high enough profile. So and and as far as the, any of the so other parties, they're never going gonna, to, they're never going to get power, without power. looking without looking at polls and without even thinking about what pollsters are saying. If you look at this in your own objective point of view, how would the government look if it went to election tomorrow? I would think uh, I I would think that the conservatives would get a minority government. You think the conservatives would get a minority government? So yeah, Trudeau, would I would be, think, uh, Trudeau would be bumped. Well, yeah, I would think so, because first of all, the Canadians are so mad because of uh, especially what's been happening during COVID-19. Canadians are very, very angry. Plus, in Alberta, the, um, the government, of Ca- uh, government of Canada, uh, the present government of Canada, the Liberal government of Canada, was maybe wishy-washy on the uh, trans pipeline deal. Now, I know that Biden quashed it, but before, the liberals were so-and-so and and the conservatives were more gung-ho on that, which would make the people in Alberta quite happy and would vote them in. And uh, this is what what I'm seeing now um, in my own eyes. And... uh, I th- and I think also that's why I think I, I don't see the conservatives getting a majority government. I don't see the liberals getting a majority government. And it'll be a miracle if the liberals even get a minority government next election. I don't see that happening right now. People are just too upset right now. I'm pretty sure people are regretting government. giving them a minority government now. This is uh, this is regret. You know, the voters are regretting the decision. Yeah, well, that's it. But again, when they were, when they voted the Liberals in, this was before COVID. So right. now it's a different, it's a totally different aspect now, and that's why I think that I don't see the Liberals getting into power in the next election, by based on what I'm seeing. But again, if the Conservatives want to have a chance to get a majority government, O'Toole has to step up his game. That's There's the, no two way. And the thing is, if you haven't heard of O'Toole like to speak of in terms of uh, you really don't know that much about him. When you're a politician, we're supposed to know a lot about them. Right. And, and uh, so it's popularity, transparency. And that's one thing with Harper. When Harper got in, everybody knew Harper was on the forefront of everything. Um, and that's, and that's what, uh, look, Pierre, Pierre Trudeau was a very high profile person. 
Um, and Justin Trudeau was going on the coattails of his father. So obviously that was a high profile situation. But again, O'Toole, even, uh, didn't you also say with Andrew Shear was the same thing? You really didn't know a lot. Maybe you knew more about Andrew Shear than you did with O'Toole. But did you really know that much about Andrew Shear? Well, he was the Speaker of the House at least for a long time. Yeah. So, okay. so you knew him from there. Um, yeah. I, I find it weird that people would uh, base the son's abilities on the father's abilities. It, it seems kind of strange to me that, uh, that rational people would think that the son could do the job that the father did or, or assume that the son would be as good as the father was. Well, a lot of companies, what they're doing is, and we could even say without mentioning the name that I'm going to say, is uh, one of the radio stations that we worked at. That happened uh, because one person was a politician and the son, it, it was the son that was from the politician that was at the radio station. So, yes, companies will do that because uh, branding and name branding is very essential. So uh, that's what people do. And right away, oh, Trudeau or, oh, this, like, let's say if Stephen Harper had a son that was interested in politics. You, think, you know, for the for, you for think, conservative. You think, you think that he would be pushed to the forefront of the conservative movement? Well, I would think if that would be the case, I think Stephen would be behind him. Stephen Harper would be behind him. Right. And yeah, I, w- I would say that. I, w- I mean, that's because a name could be a very, very solid thing, especially if the person, because people like new things, people like fresh things. The problem is with our politicians now, they lack a lot of freshness. You have to think young. You have to think different things. You can't think of old-style politics now. People don't want that anymore. People want new and exciting politicians, not the boring blah, 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 blah politicians. That's what people, that's what people, uh, that's what we need. And um, will O'Toole bring that out? I don't know. People thought that of Trudeau, not just because he was the son of Pierre, but also because he was young. But being the son of Pierre didn't hurt him at all. Let's, Let's be honest. Oh no, the name will of course the name's never gonna hurt. I mean, let's let's face facts. I mean, it's it's like uh, you know, you go into a store and let's say you, you you would buy a Gucci belt or something like that. Why? Because it's Gucci. So, you know, you wear wear that for it's it's popular, it's about branding. Even politics is about branding. Even radio is about branding. Or TV about branding. Yeah, everything is about branding. Your business, most businesses are branding. So that's what it's all about. And that's why sometimes it could be really, really well, and people will say, oh, geez, this person, oh, uh, we could never forget his father, and right away they start comparing the father with the son. The son comes in, and either he's a lot like his son or he's totally different from his son. Well, most of the time they're different. Uh, you know, people are different. Not, not a, nobody's the yeah. same. So you, yeah. can't, you, so, can't, you can't call so, the father the son and the son the father. It doesn't really yeah. work that way. If you look at American yeah. politics, George Bush the first and George Bush the second were radically different kinds of presidents. Mm-hmm. They weren't yeah, the same exactly. at all. Uh, yeah. So you know to 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 try you to see to try to um, to try to, um, to to say that the son and the father are the same thing. So you know we have to support the son because we supported the father. It's a ridiculous notion. In my mind, it's a ridiculous notion. But look, George Bush uh, got into power two consecutive two consecutive terms. It wasn't because People of his father. Them. It wasn't because of his father. It's because of the way he ran his presidency. His yeah, father yeah. didn't have anything to do with I, him. I, well, in certain aspects, maybe that maybe they do. Like, yeah, he ran the country well. Or Americans liked them. Let's put it that way. But also. It doesn't hurt to have the last name of your father that of was in politics. It doesn't hurt. You know, and again, if the Never son hurts. is that different, even if the father, let's say, didn't have a great political run, uh, you know, people might be forgiving enough to give, you know, another chance to the son. Because, again, people can, the son can be different from the father. Well, so the son usually is different from the father. This is, yeah, so this is the thing. So when Trudeau first got in... Yeah, people were on board and people were really, you know, we got a first majority government. And then when the honeymoon started breaking off, uh, then people elected him in a minority government. They didn't have the confidence to put him in the major, 
into a you know the house dominated by the Reds. So that's what, uh, so at one point the the um, the conservatives were in very very bad shape in terms of opposition. And at one point the the uh, NDP was the opposition. So the conservatives were in very very bad shape. And Trudeau, uh, people just lost a lot of confidence in the Liberal government, and then gave them a minority government. Right. And they were even that they were even that lucky to get a minority government because it was touch and go for a while. So I don't see the next election, Howie. I just don't see Trudeau getting in. Well, definitely not a majority government. That goes without question. But I really don't even see him getting in a minority government because people are just really upset. When do you think most people will be vaccinated? Honestly speaking, I don't see it happening till probably November, December. I well, I'm still thinking of that now. I, I say at the end of the year until most people that want to get the vaccine or all people that want to get the vaccine will receive the vaccine. So here, here's even a better question because you keep saying that most people who want to get the vaccine should it be mandatory? Should we force people to be vaccinated? Well. I would say no for the very simple reason. Why? Why would you say no? Uh, well, because there could be people that could have side effects to the ingredients of the vaccine. So uh, th there, there can be adverse side effects depending on the, uh, the compounds in the vaccine. And if people know that, they will not want to get a inoculated because the side effects could be as deadly as COVID itself. So if you know that the majority of people that take the vaccine are not going to have the side effects, and you know that taking the vaccine will make you 96% immune to COVID, who knows for how long, but 96% immune to COVID, why would a government not force their population to get vaccinated? It seems ridiculous not to. I think also people, and, and you know what, it, you have a very good point, because I also think people don't like governments to force them to do anything. I, I don't care. It's, it's, it's public health. No, no, I, I, I mean, I know when it comes to public health, I know it should be paramount. If I were to, let's say, have the choice to get the vaccine, I would definitely elect to get the vaccine. I, I'm sure sounds sounding to me like if, if once it's available for you, I'm sure you would elect to receive the vaccine. I would, definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't even think twice. Yeah. Um, I would think my kids and, and people that I know in the family, there. I, I mean, I know my mother is going to get it. Uh, she's supposed to go on, on uh, actually tomorrow with, with her caregiver, my sister-in-law. So they're, go they're, getting, they're going to get inoculated. My brother, who's a healthcare worker, he got inoculated. So when it comes to people in my family, I know we would all be forward to get the vaccine. I would have to think probably a good 80 to 85% will opt to get the vaccine. There's always going to be, though, Howie, you got to remember whether or not we like it or not, unless the government does indeed make it compulsory, you know there's going to be a lot of people that, A, will not get it because they think the whole thing is a conspiracy theory, or they just don't want to. They just don't want to feel to be forced in getting the vaccine. I think the government should force people to get the vaccine. The Canadian government should pass a law forcing all Canadians to get the vaccine. Period. Oh, there I mean, no, no debate. Same way you can't debate about uh, showing your ID to get onto an airplane. You can't debate about uh, showing your ID to drive a car. Uh, you have yeah. should have no debate about this public health. It's a, it's an epidemic. Well, and, public health is everybody's business. And, the way, to, and the, the way to kill the epidemic is to get everyone vaccinated. So yeah. if you want life to go back to the way it was, then the government should force everybody to get vaccinated, regardless of Here, the outcry. Here's another thing. And people Speaking who aren't of, vaccinated, let me, let me just finish the thought. Sure. People who refuse to be vaccinated should be put into, into special government facilities like they're doing now to travelers, right? Special yeah. government facilities until they agree to be vaccinated. So, you know, just stay there at your own expense until you agree to be vaccinated. Otherwise, you know, you're not being vaccinated. You're not going back into the general society, period. You just actually uh, hit a nail because what I wanted to discuss too, here's a situation now the snowbirds are coming back 
And uh, within the next couple of months, the snowbirds that have been away for about, you know, four to six months, they're going to come back. When they elected to travel, which I know the government did not want people to travel, they, they're now coming back and having very strict quarantine measures. Yeah. Now, it's, it's been a real, it's been a nightmare to say the least in terms of people that are away from Canada in other countries and have tried to call the hotels because there's certain hotels that are only for quarantine areas, usually very close to airports, whereby when people when people uh, come out, they have they have to go to these hotels to be quarantined uh, f- for three days. The cost can be anywhere from about seven eight hundred dollars to two thousand dollars for the three days that they would have to be in quarantine. And also coming back into this country, you have to have a negative COVID test results. It's been a nightmare to say the least because when they first opened up the lines to get through to the hotels, the lines were busy and the internet websites have crashed. Shelter, it's been a nightmare. I have zero empathy for these people. None. They knew when they went to Florida that this was an epidemic. They knew it when they went. They knew the risks uh, that mm-hmm. they were that they were you know putting themselves into when they went. And they knew that any time, I mean, it's been going on for a while, right? We've had all COVID lockdowns for a while already. And they've known all along that they were going to get tighter and tighter, these COVID lockdowns, yet they chose not to come home when it was looser. They chose to stay in Florida. They chose to get their vaccinations in Florida. They chose to live in Florida. Uh, and by making that choice, it was a conscious decision. They were quite aware of the repercussions. So, you know, when you make a decision, you have to live with the consequences. So I have very little empathy for these people. It costs them money. It'll cost them money. They can't afford the money. They shouldn't have gone. Simple. I agree with you because you know, uh, people I mean, I know who didn't go. They, they, they were snowbirds, but they didn't go. I, I know tons of people who didn't go and yeah. they were smart. They didn't go because they knew that it was dangerous to go, that it was, uh, it was not recommended by the government to go and that the government was going to crack down on people who did go. It, it, it was it was very clear that that was going to happen even before the snowbirds left in in, exactly. in, in November yeah. in October November the government was very clear on it. So if people decided to defy the government and say I don't give a crap about anybody else I'm going to do this, if people made that decision then they have to suffer the consequences of it. I have no empathy for them at all. Even all the travel advisories that I've been seeing from all the different uh, the different uh, countries there's a big red indicator from the Canadian government saying to not travel, to stay, to stay at home. Now, when my significant other and I went to Aruba last year, last March, when we got back was literally days before we started going into a process whereby a lot of countries were, including Aruba, where where my significant other and I went to, was on lockdown. We got back because it was just starting. We got back, we were fine, we were safe, there was no problem. We chose not to go away this year because we said, the, you know, there'll be another year, two years, whatever the case is, will go away. Merchem, this will be, all be over with and we could all be safe in traveling. We don't want to travel risking our personal safety, being in a foreign country and having so additional expense. It's a conscious decision you're making, Sheldon. It's a conscious decision you're making. The same way yeah. these people made a conscious decision that they were going to go, you're making a conscious a conscious decision you're not going. So because because I want to be I want to protect myself and the people around me. So the from, consequence that you're suffering is that you're not going to a warm climate during the winter. The consequence deal. that they're suffering by yeah. by choosing this is that they're going to be quarantined. They're going to have to pay for the quarantine, and it's going to cost them a heck of a lot of money. And yeah. I have no sympathy or empathy for them at all. I mean, yeah, I know it's a warm climate, whatever, but then I say to myself, I care more about my health, and my significant other cares more about our health. We'll wait for another year or two years, whatever, because there's nothing like going away, because what's when people go away on vacation, it's called P-O-M, it's called peace of mind. Right. When you have the peace of mind, you go, you have a great time, you do whatever you want to do, you enjoy you enjoy the climate, you go on the beach, whatever, you play golf or whatever the case is. Great. When you go away and, and know and then you hear and I'm you know, people will listen to the news and everything like that, and they'll say all of a sudden the government's tightening up and this and that, and then quarantine hotels and this and that These and the COVID- snowbirds knew 
about yeah, the, like you said, they made, a conscious, they made a conscious decision not to come back. So. The Snowbirds knew, and he, they they elected not to to heed the warning of the government, and now now they're in real hot water. So at least this way, I know I made a great decision. I could sleep well at night, not having to worry. I'm in my home country. I'm in my city. I'm in my place. I am fine. I'm safe. That's all I care about. There you go. My brother, anybody I know from my family that would usually go away for a couple of weeks here and there, they stayed home. And that was the smart Everybody, thing. To, that was yeah, the right all, thing to do all, and the smart thing to do. Yeah. All my friends that I know that would usually go down, they stayed home. So there's nobody I knew personally that went down that that decided to ignore the government's warning. Everybody did the right thing, made a proper decision. And we know there's next year, there's the year after. So go away next year, the year after. That's it. That's it. Me too. You I, know? Didn't, I didn't go away this year either. I didn't go away yeah. because, uh, because I, uh, no, I, I care about my health. I care about other people's health. And I yeah. really just don't want to uh, take the risk or risk giving it to anybody else. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And, and you know what? We, we know that we both... You and I both know we made the proper and conscious decision to stay home and protect ourselves and the people and our friends and loved ones. And that's the big thing. Yeah. I just wish everybody would have made the same decision. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. For but, sure. But they didn't. And now, like you said, they have to live with their consequences. When they come back, they're going to, it's going to be, <laughs> you know, it's really going to be H-E double hockey sticks for them. And uh, they, well, I won't say they deserve everything they get, but um, but they they were pre warned and they knew what they were going to come back to. So I mean, I I can't feel I can't feel sympathetic to them. Sorry. Yeah. All right, Sheldon, that's it. We're going to call the show. Um, I want to want to thank everybody for listening. Want to thank you for being here, Sheldon. My pleasure. Always a pleasure, my friend. We're going to uh, be back. I'll be back again on Tuesday night for Political Hitman, and maybe another episode of the Howie Silver Show. You never know; it just pops up. Uh, don't forget to support independent radio. Go to the GoFundMe page. Uh, help fund independent radio in Montreal. That's the GoFundMe page. You can find the link uh, probably on truetalkradio.com. If not there, you can always find it on um, on uh, the True Talk Radio Facebook page, which you should be liking. Uh, you can email me with uh, suggestions on uh, what kind of programming you'd like to see on True Talk Radio. You can email me at howie at truetalkradio.com. And uh, I bid you and, uh, and yours... A great rest of the week. Thank you so much for being here.